0: A chemical to combat another chemical seems like a logical plan, doesn't it? Unless that same chemical you're developing has more destructive power than the very one you're trying to stop. And a man in a clock tower starts losing his patience and his mind. But maybe, just maybe, it's not entirely on his own accord. Today I have for you Agent Indigo by Noctivore. And Clock Tower by Anonymous, two biological bizarre stories that are sure to get under your skin. And a huge shout out to my L-Grey enforcers, Matthew Bauer, Lee Bauer, Chad Warren, Andrew Benezzi, Lorraine Cresanto, Mace Joe, and Peter Raffaelli for your awesome support. It's people like yourself that keep the blood pumping in this show. Now turn the lights off. Turn up the sound, and get ready for some biohazard stories. Agent Indigo Recovered from the logs of an abandoned North Vietnamese research center, circa 1977. Translated, August 12, 1962. The American planes overhead have just finished their daily defoliation routes. The air is thick with herbicide. I write this through a gas mask. Our soldiers are suffocating in this toxic environment. We are simply outnumbered in the unfortunate location of our outpost. Luckily, our food supplies remain hidden from aerial view. And we can only hope that none of the chemicals find it, lest we all starve. The only detail keeping me from leaving this wasteland is the generous grant given to us by the honourable Lao Dong officials, a sum of over 10 trillion dong. This is enough for us to continue our research into creating an antidote for the American herbicide Agent Orange. The successful creation of a herbal exfoliant would put an end to the mindless extermination of our crops, and provide our citizens and soldiers with sufficient rations. This. Could be the chance the glorious state of North Vietnam is looking for. Our chemists are extracting samples from the affected plant as I write, hopefully, we will have the exact compound used in producing the diabolical substance by the end of the week. August 15, 1962 We have at last made essential progress towards our goal. After three gruelling days of research, we have now narrowed the possible chemical compound Used in Agent Orange to the following: two, four, d forward slash two, four, five, t, isocetyl ester, which may even include traces of two, comma three, comma seven, comma eight, tcdd. If such is the case, it is clear that our American enemy is constructing a mass genocide of epic proportions. Laodong has cleared the reverse engineering of the herbicide. Effective September 1st, we await this day with bated breath. August 16, 1962 It has been confirmed that Agent Orange contains dioxin, which means it can now be officially considered a bioweapon. However, our suspicions as to why the chemical is present have been disproven. Having salvaged the wreckage of an American plane, we now see that the orange paint, its namesake, Use on the barrels have seeped into the solution. This is both disturbing and exciting news. It means that all people who have come in contact with the herbicide are prone to extremely painful ailments, including rashes, blisters, and even cancer of the lungs and prostate. This explains the disease raging through our soldiers. However, it almost means that our enemies are much more careless than we originally thought, We are preparing formulas for the impending project, and it cannot come soon enough. Addendum. Some of the soldiers have entirely lost their skins on their legs and arms. This situation is becoming increasingly dangerous. September cannot arrive soon enough. August 23, 1962. The formulas are complete. We look forward to the physical manifestation of the chemical. The air outside has become so thick with defoliant that we must wear full body hazmat suits and gas masks whenever we walk outside. The soldiers that have remained at the site have been taken inside for protection. One positive that I can report, our food supply is still intact and flourishing. High hopes are present among the entire research staff. August 29, 1962 This morning, some of the spray from an overhead plane leaked into the bunker causing a severe allergic reaction in one of the hospitalised soldiers. He is currently suffering from anaphylactic shock, and is only serving to prove that the experiment must be conducted as soon as possible, I fear for our safety, as long as this hateful war continues. August 31st, 1962 We have decided to move our entire sample supply of crops indoors in preparation for the experiment. The plants in question include varieties of wheat, corn, groundnut, indigo, and wild rice, all salvaged from our herbicide-proof greenhouse. We plan to remain indoors for the majority of the chemical tests, so as to prevent any excess agent from leaking into the base. Our sustainable food crop cannot be moved, unfortunately, and we hope to send one volunteer each day to collect enough for the staff and soldiers. We simply cannot afford another casualty. Last we checked, the plot is herbicide-free, so we have relatively high spirits as we enter into the month-long test of our new chemical, which we have decided to call Agent Indigo, as a protest to the rainbow herbicides employed by the American Army. September 1st, 1962, day one, in the bunker. Our staff is concocting a batch of Agent Indigo right next to me, as I write, It looks every bit as exciting as i had hoped. Our first food run was conducted today, and Fan, our youngest associate, was successful. We now have enough wheat germ and flour to make a healthy bread meal for our entire staff. September 2nd, 1962, Day 2 The first vial of indigo is ready for testing. We only have a limited supply of lab mice, so hopefully they will reproduce quickly. Observations of initial tests on mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows mild skin irritation but no adverse side effects. Sample 2 shows no effect. Sample 3 shows minor hair loss on applied area. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure to orange. Sample 1 with only indigo shows orange resistance on all crops. Sample 2 with indigo and sugar solution shows orange resistance on all crops except groundnut. A productive day overall. We are trying to eliminate all possible side effects, so that we do not result in another bioweapon. September 3rd, 1962, Day 3. We've created a new sample that will hopefully eliminate the hair loss and skin irritation. Mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows no effect. Sample 2 acquires bloodshot eyes and minor irritation. Sample 3? Shows minor irritation. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on only indigo crops. Sample 2 shows resistance on only indigo crops. Well, it seems there is more work to do. September 4th, 1962. Day 4. Mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows no effect. Sample 2 and Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on all crops except groundnut. Example 2 shows resistance on all crops. Now, we have something to go on. Groundnut appears to be the most susceptible to orange and least affected by indigo. We may be close, and weeks before our deadline. September 7, 1962. Day 7. I think we may have our formula. We're going to conduct what will hopefully be our final test. Mice. Controls shows no effect. Sample 1 shows no effect. Sample 2 shows no effect and Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistant on all crops. Sample 2 shows resistant on all crops. This is excellent. We have our product. Addendum. Yang was today's food runner. And after coming back, he said the air was so thick with Agent Orange that he could barely see. And that the majority of his delivery was contaminated in the process. We have to begin rationing our supplies. September 8, 1962. Day 8. Mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows no effect. Sample 2 shows no effect. And Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on all crops. Sample 2 shows resistance on all crops. This has confirmed our hopes Agent Indigo is ready for deployment. We may as well start filling our barrel stock with Indigo prematurely since we have over three weeks left to spend down here before the escort arrives. Addendum. After the crew had gone to sleep, I went back to euthanize the mice. Two of the samples showed signs of minor aggression and irritation. I have no desire. report this, as it seems benign and should in no way halt our research. September 10th, 1962, day 10. We have so much indigo crop left over from the experiments that we have trouble finding something to use it for. It was the only crop that did not die in any of our tests. Since it is a dye, after all, we are now using it to sterilize the barrels, like the Americans did with theirs. While none of us want to. We must still conduct experiments until at least the 15th, as per Lao Dong's orders. From now on, all further observations should be considered arbitrary. Mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows no effect. Sample 2 shows no effect. Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on all crops. Sample 2 shows resistance on all crops. Addendum. While euthanizing the mice tonight, one of the bastards bit me on the finger. It was wriggling like a cat was chasing it as I plunged the needle into its fur. This piqued my interest. Could a delayed side effect be abnormal aggression? While it is insignificant compared to cancer, it is still something to consider. I shall be watching the subjects more closely from now on. September 13th, 1962. Day 13. We had an accident while packing the agent today. Fan had the idea to paint the barrel while it was already full and it fell over and doused him in the chemical. We've hospitalized him in case any unknown side effects present themselves. Although this is unlikely. Mice. Control shows no effect, Sample 1 shows no effect, Sample 2 shows no effect, and Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on all crops, and Sample 2 shows resistance on all crops. Addendum. When I went to euthanize the mice tonight, Sample 2 was biting into the flesh of the control, who had been killed just moments before I arrived. This is highly worrisome, I am beginning to think the batch is tainted in some way. I will notify the staff tomorrow that we should produce another batch. September 14th, 1962. Day 14. News of a disturbing nature has just presented itself. Today was my turn to collect supplies, and as soon as I stepped through the door, I could see what Yang had meant. Visibility is frighteningly low, almost as if the clouds had descended upon us. The situation became dire when I arrived at the crop site and found that it had become overrun by Agent Orange, I returned as fast as I could to the base and relayed the news. Luckily, we have enough to last us two more weeks, which means we should escape the fate of starvation. But only just. Mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows no effect. Sample 2 shows no effect. Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on all crops. Sample 2 shows resistance on all crops. Now that we have replaced the old batch with one taken from the sealed barrels, results should be more conclusive. Addendum. Tonight the mouse situation has become serious. All three mice were dead when I checked the cage, with their organs strewn about the floor. I assume there must have been a massive fight between the three in response to one or more turning aggressive. This means that aggression is a standard side effect, which could potentially lead to murderous intentions It is imperative that I keep a close eye on Fan, and to not tell the others. September 15th, 1962, Day 15. At last the final test, hopefully the side effects will go unnoticed by the rest of the crew. Mice. Control shows no effect. Sample 1 shows aggression towards control. Sample 2 shows minor aggression towards control. Sample 3 shows no effect. Plants. Control dies shortly after exposure. Sample 1 shows resistance on all crops, and Sample 2 shows resistance on all crops. This is not good. The experiment showed that our last four lab mice had an urge to induce violence on one another. Luckily, the staff agreed that it was too late to change it, and that it was already proven to prevent damage from orange. We're getting to the last of the barrels now, and we still have indigo to spare. Addendum. I sincerely believe we are in trouble. We had separated the mice due to the danger of one killing another, and when euthanization time came, all three sample mice had quite literally imploded. Their organs and skeletons were hanging from the outside of their skin, as if they had been turned inside out. I threw the mice corpse into the furnace and hoped that no one would question their disappearance. Addendum, one of the soldiers taking shelter here? came into contact with a batch tonight. He has been hospitalized next to Fan. September 22nd, 1962, Day 22. Yang found one of the untouched corpses in the damn furnace. I informed him on the situation reluctantly, and fortunately, he agreed to keep it quiet. He took the remaining mouse and applied some of the chemical. It was only 17 minutes before it began to convulse wildly, spewing blood out of its orifices. What we witnessed next was truly horrifying. The mouse's skeleton was forced out of both the mouth and anus, and the skin receded into its ears, eyes, and genitalia. Its muscles were clearly spasming out of control, forcing out anything inside the body that was not Agent Indigo. After the process was complete, We could see clearly that its veins were pumping the chemical rapidly with its heart, lungs, kidneys, liver, and stomach were hanging by thin strands of flesh attached to the skeletal midsection. It was a disgusting sight, and we ordered the staff to quarantine Fan and the soldier. Considering the human inner workings are much larger than a mouse's, it should only be a few more days before it happens. I can barely sleep now, just thinking that this will occur to them. Addendum, it's approximately 2.45 in the morning. I can hear moaning from down the hall. I think it has begun. The following is from a set of scribbled notes, recovered along with the log. Account of the conversation. The moaning is not stopping. I understand it should take longer for a human to turn compared to a mouse, but it has been over two hours now. It is three ten. I can hear yelling from the quarantine zone. Oh god. I can hear them. I can hear their screams. The pain they must be enduring. The screams are being muffled now. It must be close to the end of the process. Yang is in the room with me. He says Fan has turned. But he is still moving. How is that possible? The soldier has turned now. I can hear the shrieking. I plan to run with Yang to the storage room. It is the furthest place from the quarantine zone. We just heard glass breaking. One of the soldiers just came running into the room in a panic. He is dripping with sweat and blood, but he claims it is not his own. He claims that fan and the other soldier are still very much alive. I am terrified. We are about to make the run to the storage room. Oh god, what have we done? As we were running down the hallway, I caught a glimpse of what used to be Fan, rolling onto the floor with his skin turned inside out. I could hear the soldiers still attempting to scream from the quarantine zone. How are they still alive? Yang just went out to try and salvage some rations from the refrigerator, which in involves passing the quarantine zone. May God be with him. They knocked him down. How? How? Oh my god. I fear I may not live to see an end to the destruction of Agent Orange. What they did to Yang was disgusting. They enveloped him. I heard him screaming, the chemical pouring from their veins onto him. I remember him calling out one last phrase, choking on Agent Indigo. We left him drowning. It is five. The rest of the staff is in here with us. We are huddling around each other and all we can hear is the muffled moan of those things that used to be human. They are rolling their mangled bodies towards us. They just knocked a barrel over next to one of the soldiers. Indigo is all over the floor. The barrel. Oh my god. We were so stupid. It was in the barrels. It was the damn barrels. We made the same mistake the Americans made. Only this time, we may have endangered the lives of everyone in this country. Of course the indigo plant fared so well. The indigo was a chemical agent of its own. The plant material fills some missing piece, which when introduced to organic matter, expels it from the inside. The barrel material just accelerated the effects. And the aggression? It just made it worse. My god, it's... it is deliberately knocking over the barrels. They're all soaked. Everyone, I... I am the only one still clean. I have to go. October 2nd, 1962. Day 33. They lied. Laodong never sent back It has been a full day since the rescuers promised to arrive and I can ensure that they are either dead or non-existent. North Vietnam will die because of this. I am currently at the exit, it's 8.45. I'm standing in the doorway, peering outside. It is dawn, and the herbicide is everywhere. It persists, even when the planes have stopped targeting this area days ago. I cannot see a thing. I can hear gunfire from all around the outpost. Even though it is most likely miles away, It is still deafening. But I can still hear them! Those things that used to be my colleagues. I hear them, rolling about the facility, moaning softly. As if to say, It's fine. Come Come be with us." us. Death is certain, no matter where I go. Although, I think I would rather stay and face the hell inside this bunker, than the hell that is going on out there. The pain endured by those things, could never amount to the pain endured by the people of Vietnam who are forced to fight this war. If anyone finds this note, please destroy all that remains of Agent Indigo. The log and notes were discovered by American troops shortly prior to their withdrawal from the country. No trace of the alleged substance Agent Indigo was ever found. No bodies were ever recovered. Written by Nocti Voiri. Clock Tower. Day One. Just another fucking day at the Clock Tower. But at least it keeps me away from those people. Every day it is the same thing over and over. Why wouldn't someone want to get away? Having a son that talks to things that aren't there. His friends are always saying shit like... Boop-she-boop, or meow-meow, after almost every fucking sentence, it is almost enough to drive someone insane, if they are around it long enough. My wife, goodness, I feel bad for her. She has to be around it more than I am, and even she seems to be losing it a bit. But she has a stronger bond with our son than I do, so I guess that helps her. Don't get me wrong, I love my son to death, but I just wish he was normal. I always have to act like a nice guy when his friends are around. But it is so hard, especially when the prince is here. I can't help but want to maul his face every time he says it. You know, the boop shaboop. I get it, they are kids, and I shouldn't feel this way, but enough is enough. I am slowly going insane. The clock tower, oh, my sanctuary from it all. All the ticking helps drown out those thoughts, those horrible thoughts, I mean, I am a born hunter. Maybe they aren't so horrible. Day 2 Wife is making me sleep at the clock tower tonight. Obviously I am in trouble. The prince comes to play with my son today and he said it once too many times. So I smacked him. I told him to stop saying that stupid shit. It made him cry. I felt kinda bad after. I snapped to and realized what I had done, but at the same time. I felt amazing. I feel amazing. Going to try and get some sleep. The ticking helps. I can't stop smiling. Day 3 The king fired me as the clock tower worker today. I saw that coming. I have no escape now. I have to be there and hear it all. He was talking to the imaginary people again today. His doctor said we need to up his medication. The doctor said we should sing more songs with him. I really don't feel like it. I love my son, but I don't know how much more I can take. Day four. The prince went missing last night. Everyone thinks I did it. But I was at home. I think. Day five. They found the prince's body in a nearby lake. I saw it. It looked horrible. Like someone had just sliced him all over and over. His guts were spilling out from his backside. One of his arms was missing and his face looked as if someone had chewed on it. They all are still looking at me. Why would I hurt a child? Day 6. Things are getting worse. My wife has decided to take our son off his medication. He is acting even more strange. He wants raw bloody meat all the time now. Is this what I have been waiting for? Even my wife has gone back to her old ways. She doesn't cook the meat for us. We eat it. Raw. And we like it. It tastes so good. The blood running down my throat. I love it. I need more. Day 7. This will be the last entry for me. We are going hunting today. I think the town is trying to hide in the castle. We got the white cat family yesterday. Their meat was so tender and so amazing. I remember looking over and seeing our son devour his little friend. He looked like he really enjoyed himself. We are heading to the castle soon. I am so excited. I finally get to shut all them motherfuckers up. Finally! Finally! A radio news report. The fugitives have been shot and killed. Their reign of terror has ended. It is all over. It is safe to leave your homes again. After they attacked and killed the royal family, police were able to stop them as they were leaving the castle. The royal family was found torn apart, just as the prince was when his body was found earlier this week. The king was found in his study. His jaw was gone. His eyes were wide open with a look of terror and his throat was sliced open and it looked like the fugitives licked the blood as it came out. The queen was found in the bedroom with the stomach torn open, and all her insides were gone. It looks like they ate every single bit. The older prince was found in the backyard with his head completely dismembered. It is a horrible scene, folks. Many lives were lost, but it is all over now. You can come out of your homes. You won't get hurt. Goodness, two biohazard stories today just for you. I really love journals and diary based stories. I remember watching an old film about a man trapped in his apartment, a zombie journal as it were, of him being surrounded but needing to survive one way or the other. I'm not sure if it was a film or a student project that gathered a lot of popularity but either way, it was a video diary of him coming and going and discussing what happened that day. It was so fascinating. I guess I read journal stories with zeal I think because they're like mini anthologies in their own right. Every journal is a new day, new problems and new challenges, which keeps me interested. If you have any recommendations of stories or films, not just in this vein, feel free to email me at storiesfablesghostlytales@gmail.com, at gmail.com and I'd love to hear what you think. If you get a chance, swing by my iTunes page and leave a review, and a big thank you to those who are leaving reviews recently. And yes, I do pay attention, thank you very much. And thank you to all of you that have already left reviews. You wouldn't believe how much that helps, so thanks. I'm definitely going to give you a shout-out soon, so if you want to be included, swing on by there. <laughs> and lastly, feel free to join up as an L Great Enforcer via Patreon. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe, mates. That way, you can get a set of stories from me three times a week. Okay, you brilliant people. Have a great day or night. And as always, till next, we meet.